Welcome to a very busy Monday after a very busy weekend for Penn State football recruiting. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. Our experts, Sean Fitz, Ryan Snyder, joining me today on the show. Gentlemen, I uh, hope you had a good weekend. Have you recovered from Blue White? Uh, Fitz, how was, uh, how was the tailgating? Tailgate was uh, a bit wet. Um, not ideal scenario for uh, uh, for actually getting out there and tailgating, but we had tents, so we were happy. Um, no, it was good. It was great to see everybody that dropped by. Thank you for doing that. Um, it's always fun. Dad had a blast. Uh, he was exhausted by the end of the day. Two two months, uh, no, two and a half months off of getting a new hip, and he's out there slinging burgers and doing all that kind of stuff. So it was uh, it was fun. I appreciate those that came out. Yeah, it was a, it was a great day for tailgating. As long as you don't mind being a little bit wet, it was still it dried off at the wrong time. Which I was making the joke, and this is every blue white game, but like it was a good crowd. They were just all out tailgating when it was nice outside during the game. Uh, Ryan, uh, you had uh, a lot of reaction from commitments, and you've been getting a lot of that stuff uh, chronicled over at bluewhiteillustrated.com. Just one quick takeaway, something that stands out to you about this weekend, somebody that sent something, maybe one line, anything interesting that, that kind of pops out to you? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I think the staff did a good job pregame. With some guys, a lot of a lot of talk about you know in the in the recruiting lounge, uh, you know, fit, putting faces and names, things like that. Uh, you know, I, I would say the committed players. Uh, certainly, a lot of talk talking to other guys. Uh, you know, getting to know Anthony Specka, getting to know Cooper Cousins, is getting to know uh, Quentin Martin was there. I mean, almost the whole twenty twenty three class. You know, those who haven't obviously enrolled were there. So. A lot of, I would say, a lot of talk of getting to know the committed guys. The committed guys seem to do a great job, uh, you know, mingling with the the uncommitted recruits, of course. And then obviously the staff did it did a great job pregame. I thought, um, you know, just just getting around families, getting around guys, and for a lot of them, it's not the first time meeting in person, but still one of the first or second times they've really been able to do that. Uh, if you want to check out more of what he wrote uh, this weekend, bluewhiteillustrated.com. We got a lot of great content up on a Monday. ton of stuff, actually, before 10 a.m., so that's pretty great. And if you go right now, I checked this morning, our spring game special is still live. So you get four months for $10. Sign up right now. You can get the inside information. You can get a little more context what we're talking about here on the show today. What we're going to be talking about is the recruiting commitments over the weekend. Caleb Brewer did not get a breaking news video because we were all still at the stadium, I think, when he committed. But either way, like uh, that's what happens when you commit on blue-white game. Is it, you know That's what happens. But we'll be talking about Caleb Brewer, Keandre Barker, uh, both committed this weekend. And, of course, reaction from some of the recruits that were there as well. Get a feedback of that. And we'll look ahead to the transfer portal at the end of the show. So before we get to all that, please like the video. Subscribe to Blue White Illustrated here on YouTube because there's all kinds of great content. Content coming, coming at you hard and fast. We're going to start with Caleb Brewer. Nittany Lions getting another commitment here in the class of 2024. Fitz, I'm going to come to you. Um, this uh, Tell us a little bit about Brewer and, and what you think his fit is with the Nittany Lions. Well, thanks. First off, uh, my neighbors mowing people just decided to start when we went live, so that's cool. Um, so I'm <laughs> going in and out of mute here. Uh, but Brewer, a uh, 6'4 plus, uh, he's going to cap himself at 285 pounds because he's a wrestler, but uh, listing him as a jumbo athlete. He's an interior offensive lineman for Penn State, I believe. Uh, could also be a defensive tackle eventually, but uh, he's got that wrestling background. Tough kid. Plays tight end in a wing T offense, which, you know, if you know anything about a wing T offense, you're essentially another offensive 
offensive tackle out there. So um, he's one of those guys. He's, he's, he's been run blocking. He's been growing a uh, teammate of Javen Williams. So I know Ryan's seen him in person uh, at least a little bit. Uh, so, but uh, Penn state was in this one. They offered him back in January. Uh, he seemed to be among a glut of offers uh, in the in-state uh, realm. Uh, he's, he's a pretty good athlete just all around. Um, like I said, he's, he throws in track, he wrestles and, and things like that. Um, was curious to see if they would have him camp to, to get a, you know, a better idea of his foot speed and things like that. But, uh, Penn state felt comfortable. They gotten feedback from people they trust over the last couple of weeks. Brewer went out and visited Notre Dame. I know Michigan's been in the mix as well. Um, but, uh, decided that, that he wanted to stay home. This was one of those ones that materialized, uh, in that sweet spot after the Friday morning taping of the recruiting show and the Friday afternoon release of the S zone. Uh, we had that, uh, uh, peg went pegged down. So he was a guy that got added to the commitment watch uh, list on Saturday and he ended up popping uh, as Ryan predicted on the ride home for both of us from the stadium. So uh, <laughs> uh, he jumps in as the one game day commitment, the one public game day commitment uh, from blue whites over the weekend. Uh, so Ryan, your thoughts on Brewer for what you've seen of him on film, then I'll, I'll kind of fill in what I've seen watching while missing over the last couple of years. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, not, I, I don't have a ton to add outside of uh, what Sean added. I, I would say he did camp with them last year, Sean. And, of course, obviously uh, getting updated numbers is always something they, they do want to do. But he did he did camp with them last year. So they do have a little bit of a feel uh, for what he brings. Um, you know, I, I, I think this the biggest thing is, is he a guard? Is he a D lineman down the road? Um, mm-hmm. That's that's just what, really what I'm curious to find out. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, but, you know, this was a situation where – uh, he's a top prospect in Pennsylvania, and, and they're never going to pass up those guys. I w- I kind of thought Notre Dame uh, was in a, it was in a good spot with him, uh, but clearly Penn State was in a better spot than what I think we realized. So uh, Penn State locks him up. Uh, Franklin, you know, this is I, I think Franklin is always going to try and get the top ten players in Pennsylvania, and it doesn't really matter uh, how they fit; they'll they'll figure that out later. Uh, because this is kind of one of those situations where he, he could play a variety of positions and uh, let's just get him on campus and, and, and figure it out down the road. But, uh, you know, another where, where is is Brewer is Brewer top 10 in Pennsylvania? Actually, not on running my mouth thinking that is he right outside the top 10? I got to look that up. He is eighth in Pennsylvania, according to 247, 18th, according to on three. So there is a bit of a dis- there is a bit of a uh, uh, disparity there. Pretty big disparity in the industry ranking. He is 15th. So not quite yeah. in the top 10. I, so here, here's the thing. I would say that he probably fits that mold. Um, and just some of my thoughts watching the offense yesterday. Uh, first off, he's not a tight end. Of the places he's going to fit, uh, guys, it's not going to be a tight end. This is not a uh, not a mega Barnwell situation. Um, he's really athletic, obviously. You can see that on film. He played tight end. He runs routes. Like It's fun to watch big guys run in the open uh, field. I would say in some ways he might be a little more raw than Javen Williams, though, in terms of obviously in pass protection, he's not pass protecting a lot because he's running routes, but I don't think he really uses his hands at all. There's a, You mentioned defensive linemen. One of my biggest issues watching him play is that he has basically a rudimentary kind of rip move where he's trying to hook and run. Um, outside of that, he doesn't really use his length, and, and I don't know that he has great length, um, but this is you know kind of this thought of where he fits. Fits, I'm going to come back to you on this question of you have Cooper Cousins in the class. You have William Satterwhite, who's a top target. They're still trying to get. Now you got Caleb Brewer, 
I'm counting three interior offensive linemen, and the conversation with us has been they need tackles in this class. So how do you think that this fits? Um, is it kind of what Ryan said? It doesn't really matter. They want to take him, so they're going to take him. Or uh, do they have to do some juggling throughout the class now that they've added him to the class? You're on mute, bud. Still get you on mute. <laughs> it's that, that mower is getting me. Um, no, I, I think there's some juggling involved here in the sense that, uh, you know, you've got Donovan Harbor ready to announce tomorrow. Like, he was on campus this weekend. So, like, it's going to get even more muddled. A lot of guards visiting this weekend, guard centers. Yeah. Um, Cooper Cousins does give you some flexibility. We've been penciling him as a center, but he does have the size and length and, and I think the feet to play tackle. So one of those guys that you can bump out there um, if you need to. So there's a little bit of flexibility ability there. I don't see Brewer as a tackle. Don't see Harbor as a tackle. Um, so you've got, you know, uh, uh, guys that fit a certain profile. Um, and I think Cooper's kind of on the outside of that. So, so that, that helps a little bit, but yeah, you've got to get tackle recruiting going. Obviously they had some guys in this weekend. Uh, Garrett Sexton seems to be a guy that's surging with them from Wisconsin. Penn State all of a sudden, uh, you know, tapping into that sweet, sweet, uh, re recruiting pipeline of Wisconsin, uh, that they've been so successful with, with, uh, uh, you know, Harbor is set to announce tomorrow. Garrett Sexton, it seems like Penn State's in a good spot there. Corey Smith was on campus this weekend. So uh, Wisconsin all of a sudden has become a hotbed uh, for Penn State for some reason. Can't really explain that one anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that they've got a situation. You know, we, we've mentioned Brewer as a jumbo athlete, you know, have that positional flexibility in there because it seems like there's a lot of guards on the board right now. So Need some need some work on that. Uh, need to figure out what uh, what the situation is for official visits and things like that uh, with with offensive tackles. But uh, yeah, it's it's going to get interesting. I, I still think they would take Satterwhite. He did not commit over the weekend. Um, one of those ones that we talked about last week in terms of he went down to Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Auburn, slowed things down for him a little bit. Um, on the other hand, you've got tackles. Kevin Haywood was here over the weekend. Still went well. Still filled. Pretty good about where that one stands, even though he's talking about uh, scheduling officials now. So I think that, uh, yeah, Penn State's got to work on that tackle board. I don't know that it's a situation that, um, you know, is is ready. You know, it's a panic situation, but Penn State obviously far ahead of where they're at on the interior. Yeah. Uh, six players in this class on the offensive line, Ryan. Is that a possibility now? Kind of looking at what the options are yeah. on the interior and uh, what's what's the upper limit? Seven? Like if they got the right uh, number of guys, could they take seven? Um, because I know tackle, like I just said, I'm just going to reemphasize this. It seems like tackle, especially watching the game and looking at the depth chart, might need some guys there. So like, how do you how do you figure that into the total number of offensive linemen? I mean, if you're including transfer portal, possibly, I would think they want to spread out the scholarship distribution, right? I mean, the yeah. the, the issue they're running into right now, I mean, Jimmy Chris, of course, entered the portal yesterday. They still have eight offensive linemen currently on the roster who are in their fourth or fifth year or grad year, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, so guys that could realistically be gone after the season. So uh, I don't see them taking seven uh, high school guys, right? That just doesn't, that doesn't work really well for down the road distribution-wise. But I, I would see... Look, if you're if we're including Brewer, uh, at which you got, we're labeling Brewer as an athlete, and that's where we're going to label him throughout. But if you keep him in that mix, uh, I would say six is a possibility. You got Cooper, you got Donovan Harbor, William Satterwhite. I mean, like those feel like the the. And again, I kind of agree with Sean. I think I think Cooper. I wouldn't be shocked at all if Cooper ends up getting bumped out the tackle down the road now. Um, but you, they're going to push really hard for Satterwhite. They're going to push really hard for Donovan Harbor. Am I missing anybody at guard? I don't really think there's anybody else we'd really be missing there because because then you have Sexton, you have Haywood. Of course, Liam Andrews was just back on campus as well. Um, 
Um, is, is Liam? So one thing was talking to talking to people with Liam. Is he pushing D tackle? Did you, did you get any that, feedback? I think on that that's song? his preference. Like he's been talking mm-hmm. about that for a while now. And um, you know, another one of those jumbo athletes. Like Liam to me is a guy that you take no matter what. Like if you need to tell him mm-hmm. defensive tackle and you need to play him at defensive tackle for a year, go for it. I mean, this is not Gunnar Givens. You know, a couple years ago when he wanted to play defensive tackle and he just wasn't athletic enough to do it. Liam Andrews could play defensive tackle at Penn State. He could play defensive tackle a lot of places. He's really good. Um, but so like label him as a jumbo athlete if you need to. Label him as an offensive. Doesn't matter what you label him. If you label him a Penn State commit, doesn't really matter. You know, it's it, that's the important that's the important label to carry. But uh, yeah, he's he's an important. Like there, there are I think very few guys that can say that. And most of those guys are corner receiver type guys um o-line d-line doesn't happen as as often as you'd like i know a lot of people would like to turn offensive linemen to defensive tackles as penn state struggles with defensive tackle um yeah production and size and all that kind of stuff but it's it's just not that easy they're two different skill sets to be honest with you so we saw cj thorpe who you know kind of fit the mold of like a guy that you thought could do it and he couldn't do it so that's mm-hmm. kind of where we find ourselves uh, projecting these guys. But I do think Liam Andrews could do it. He's a phenomenally talented individual and probably one of the, I mean, definitely one of the top guys on the board, regardless of position for Penn State. Uh, before we get to our next recruit, we got to talk about today's sponsor, and that is MyPerfectFranchise.net. Are you ready to leave the corporate rat race for the American dream? Are you maybe a displaced uh, corporate leader that needs to find a new direction? Uh, maybe a side hustle. Whatever it is, Andy Ludicky at MyPerfectFranchise.net. He is a franchise consultant who can help you out in finding your future. Um, Andy is, uh, his services are 100% free, and he's here to help if you have any questions about business ownership. I grilled him, by the way. So when when we had a, a meeting on Skype to talk about, you know, what he does, how he does it, I was very like, hey, man. How does this work? Because people have to buy into this with sometimes their life savings. And he's like, no, no, I get it. Like, that's exactly what I do and why I do it is that he's trying to find the perfect fit for you so that you can be successful and find a brighter future. Uh, He will take you through the whole consultation process, which uh, takes a couple of months. He'll have you speak with different management teams from different corporate structures, and they'll find the right place for you that fits your passions, your expertise, and your level of, uh, you know, financial situation. So learn more, because I can't tell you all the things. I just got a crash course in it. MyPerfectFranchise.net is where you talk to Andy. You can see his contact here on the screen. And if you are uh, listening on the podcast version, his phone number 404-973-9901. 404-973-9901. Thanks again to Andy Ludicky of My Perfect Franchise. Okay, so the next commitment that we had from this weekend came yesterday afternoon, and that is for 2025. So we're here we are again, uh, adding to the class of 2025, Keandre Barker. Um, uh, let's go to Ryan. Ryan, what do you know about Barker? What do you know about the situation with his commitment leading into the blue-white game? You're on mute. Just give you a heads up. Now now it's me, Sean. Now I got myself on mute. <laughs> I don't have any bowers out here, though. Get it. <laughs> I'm just over here coughing. Anyway, um, look, I'd be lying if I said I knew a ton. I, I still have to learn more. I've only interviewed Keandre once, and uh, we'll line up an interview here in the, in the coming days, I, I would I would expect. <laughs> the thing he hammered, man, is Saquon Barkley, which is so funny because we talk about that all the time uh, yep. with running backs, right, and, and Penn State's pitch. But, like, I really kind of think Saquon Barkley is, like, maybe the one of the main reasons he is actually committing to Penn State, which is interesting. 
Uh, he's got 18 months to go, right? And and now you have unlimited official visits. That certainly grabs my attention because that's it's not going to impact this 2024 class as much. But that 2025 class, I, I think uh, schools, a lot of schools out there are going to be pitching for him to come visit down the road. So it's one of those recruitments, man, where Jay Wansider gets on somebody early. And, and I think that really piqued his interest. And they, they've done a good job. They've been consistent with it. But the only other visits I know he took also are Ole Miss and Mississippi State. I think he, I think he took one or two others, but Ole Miss, Mississippi State were the two I really uh, know he took. So I'm just kind of curious to see on, you know, once we get to September 1, how are these, how are, you know, because schools aren't going to, his coaches aren't going to stop recruiting him, right? I mean, they're going to be right. on pretty hard. How does that impact him? You know, he's from Texas, doesn't have a lot of ties to the area. Um, but at the same time, I'm not going to sit here and doubt uh, that Jay Wansider can can keep somebody on board uh, for that long a period of time. He's he's arguably the staff's best recruiter. So uh, somebody I got to learn more about. If I'm being honest, you know, he kind of he emerged. I don't know, was it six seven weeks ago? Sean as, as somebody that was showing a lot of interest in Penn State. I was curious to see if Penn State would take him this early, just because you have the spring evaluation period coming up. There's a lot more that they can still learn. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think he's just he's just too good of a player for them to tap the brakes on. And obviously now they got to do everything they can to keep other schools from from pushing over the next 18 months. Fitz, what are, you, what are your thoughts on Barker and the situation of a running back to 18 months out in commitment? And what, what do you want to add to that? I'll add those highlights that we're showing you on the YouTube show, um, you know, are from Arkansas. So he's going to move to yep. Texas. And it's going to be another level in terms of uh, right. competition. Um, but I've, I've heard good things. Just uh, basically a uh, really, really dynamic athlete. I mean, he thinks he's I, I talked to some people that said if he was in the 2024 class, they'd still take him. So like that to me says a lot about a 2025 running back. Um, obviously going to have to pick up some of the nuances of the position, pass protection, things like that, but he's got a ways to, a ways to go there. I'll agree with Ryan in that, you know, I didn't put a pick in, you know, we knew he was coming to Penn state, but I didn't put a pick in, uh, for him just because it's, it's very early. A lot can happen between, between now and then. So be interested to see how this goes. Uh, Ryan mentioned September 1st, that's going to be a big day for him in terms of the real interest coming through. He's going to have a chance to, to visit schools that are closer, uh, to his new, new home in Texas. So, there's um there's there's a lot of questions, but I mean you you look at our site. <laughs> this was this was pretty funny actually. Last night when he committed, by the way, it was just like a travel glitch. Like he was traveling all day, so he didn't announce it right when he said he was going to announce. There was no drama or anything like that. Um, but uh, if you watch, like uh, Chad Simmons had a story, Sam Speaks had a story, uh, Ryan had a story. Like everybody had a story on this kid coming to Penn State. So it was like one of the worst kept secrets. And and that to me is a good thing. I mean he's been very open with. Um, people in that area, you know, recruiting analysts and things like that in that area where you've got, um, you know, he, he, he basically out and out six weeks ago, probably said, I'm going to Penn State or five, five weeks ago or whatever it was. So that to me screams legitimate interest. Um, I think they'll have to keep up that relationship. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good pickup. That 2025 class has started hot. Um, you could argue on like on a scale more momentum than the 2024 class, which has also gotten hot recently. So yeah. obviously maybe that that's gone away, dissipated a little bit, but uh, no, Penn state's done a good job in, in building that out. And uh, if they're trying to go a little bit more national, trying to get a little bit more out there, they've, they've done it with a guy like Barker. 
Yeah, from BB Arkansas transferring to the Woodland School. We had a couple of people when uh, we had our commitment video last night uh, that live in Texas. And, uh, you know, I put it out there assuming that it's a Texas school. It means it's a serious step up in competition and level of, of coaching and all that stuff. A couple of guys, Rick, want to give a shout out to Rick. He says the Woodlands is 20 miles northeast of my home. It's a 5A power program in Texas competition and coaching. Big step up for the kid, no doubt. Uh, and then uh, Ryan agreed with him. Texas, uh, he lives in Woodlands, so it is a competition here is pretty strong. So he'll have to uh, do a lot more, I think, to look like he did on film in Arkansas. But overall, a good recruit. Is it? Is it one of the things I talked about yesterday on the video was to get a running back recruit so early in the process? You mentioned 18 months out. Normally, that position, because it's so reliant on athleticism and, and the track times are not elite for uh, what we've seen from um, from Barker, not that he's slow or anything, but it not that, you know, what is the development path going to be like? Is it is it a rare exception that they accept a commitment from a guy at that position so far out? Ryan, what, what, is that is that a fair read of that? Well, I mean, the one thing I would say is that the 2025 running back board is pretty deep. I mean, Gideon Davidson, we haven't really talked about. He just had Penn State in his top five. You have Jabri Wallace-Coleman, who he's committed to Georgia. I don't really see a whole lot coming from that long, long term. But you got Bo Jackson in there, uh, who we, we like a lot. You got Iverson Howard at Quincy Orchard. You got Bud Coombs at, at DeMatha. Like, there's a, there's a lot of guys there. Uh, so it sets up, again, to be another class where they take – uh, you know, potentially two running backs. See, Frank, you mentioned his track times. I haven't seen them. Do you know what they are? I I, I didn't know. I don't have are they any from his freshman year. year. Not, yeah. There's an eleven three five from his eighth grade year, which is actually awesome. eighth grade. Like that, I, yeah, eighth grade. Eighth grade that's great. So, like, yeah. I, I don't think there's speed concerns here, but I haven't found anything for 2022 or 2023 so far. So, I asked. I actually just shot off before a um, before this show. I shot off a text to see if we can get any times from anybody around here. Um, but uh, it's, I don't think speed is a huge concern here. Eleven three five is an eighth grader, whether it's FAT or not. Yeah, it's pretty pretty well moving. Yeah, yeah. Eleven three is an eighth grader, man. That should be like a ten seven by the time you're a senior, which is great. Yeah. You know, honestly, would you agree with that? I mean, like like that's maybe that's a little bit fast, but like that's that should be at least ten eight, ten nine. Like I mean, the progress there should should work well. Yeah, it's, and that's what it's all about. It's all about progress. I mean, if you're going out and running a ten nine. Um, as a eighth or as like a 10th grader and you don't put on any muscle or, you know, you're still running a 10, nine as a, as a senior, but you're still 165 pounds. It doesn't really matter much. So it's going to de depend on physical development and things like that. Uh, 11, three is a pretty good starting point uh, whether it's FAT or not in eighth grade. Yeah. That's yeah. He can fly. Yeah. And, or he, he and that's fly the, um, yeah. that's the point about development too, is like, how does he develop and at the running back position, you know, we've seen guys that don't, you know, that, that start out pretty decent and then they kind of uh, level off. So I'm I'm curious to watch that. I think it's a special circumstance given that he is so talented and he committed so early that you don't usually see that, I think, from Penn State and from, from running back commits specifically. So uh, any last thoughts here on Barker before we move on to some of the reaction from the weekend from guys who didn't commit? Any, anybody got some final thoughts on Barker? Not for me. All right. Yeah. Five, I mean, we've, I, yeah, 20, 25 running back boards is going to be interesting. I just because they're the, Iverson Howard, Bud Coop. I mean, there's a lot of guys that Bud, Bo Jackson, like, we'll see. I, I'm just very curious to see how that plays out now. You just want to keep saying Bo Jackson, which I don't blame you. <laughs> He's awesome. All right, awesome. let's get which to He's a really good segment. baseball player, too, everyone. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Let's get to our next segment. 
love making these so, videos. Go on. Of course, you <laughs> can uh, get the one. reaction here. I hey man, I work hard on these. I got a style going here for our uh, for like our it. intros. Read and react here on the Blue White Illustrated live show recruiting show. You can go read at bluewhiteillustrated.com all the information that we got from these guys. We're going to be talking about a couple of players that the guys have spoken to, uh, but we're going to react to it here on the show and give you some of that information. Again, it's a great time to remind you, uh, four months for $10, an awesome deal for what we have going on at Blue White Illustrated. So Fitz, I want to come to you with any reactions you got, uh, just general reactions about the weekend from either the staff or some players that you talked to. How I'm assuming it's positive coming out of the Blue White game, even with the weather yeah it's always positive um you know you get to a sense of of where things stand with some guys uh you know some guys that we were watching on commit watch on the way in kevin haywood and william satterwhite did not commit um satterwhite we we kind of hedged on that one at the end of the week with those late offers especially that clemson offer um he told me clemson and auburn were two really good visits for him so i could see him wanting to circle back around take a fidget official visits and then decide before the season instead of you know popping on penn state was on him early uh, they have a re very good relationship. So I still think they're in a solid position, but, you know, kids got a lot to think about. And that's, you know, cer certainly we lose track of that sometimes when following recruiting on a day to day basis is these guys are making the biggest decision of their life. And we're sitting there, uh, you know, in, like Roman Gladiator, just, you know, watching everything happen uh, play by play. So Satterwhite um, still has a spot, uh, you know, regardless of what happens with with Donovan Harbor on, on Tuesday. Things are a little tighter. I don't I don't think there's any. Uh, discussion about that but uh you know they they really like satterwhite for a reason um haywood is back in town or was back in town um you know all smiles and everything like that on saturday so um we're, we're gonna see which direction he goes from here um and uh i know uh ryan caught up with a couple of big other other big targets in ume uh benedict ume and nigel smith uh liam andrews was back on campus that was huge and we just talked about that a little bit ago so from, from the top guys, uh, positive feedback. Um, and for the guys that aren't going to come out and commit in the next week or so, um, it's it's good to get, uh, get that lasting impression before they go set up official visits. So, Ryan, you spoke with a couple of these guys. Where do you want to start? Uh, I'll let you start the bidding of who you want to talk about with your conversation. Oh, there's only one place to start, and that is Benedict Ume. Um, wow. Uh, so I, I've had one small talk with Ume before, uh, brief. And this was, I think, my first time, you know, having 10 minutes with him one-on-one, -on -one, asking, you know, a bunch of different questions. And uh, obviously everything there physically is there, right? Uh, 6'5", 240, looks excellent as a prospect. But I thought uh, intellectually uh, he may be the most mature player I've, I've gotten to talk to in this class. And I think if you guys watch us and read us a lot, uh, Penn State goes after a lot of guys who are Are you saying he knocks off mature. Brian Robinson? Because you were raving about yeah, Brian oh, yeah. Robinson. Dude, oh, they, wow. I, this guy's incredible, man. Um, I mean, just go read the story. Uh, really, really impressive kid. I need to, I, I need to do eventually do a story on just his his overall background, uh, how he got to Toronto and everything like that. And we will eventually. But let's get into the recruiting facts. I mean, the, the thing I would say right now is Penn State is certainly feels like top three. Uh, they got a few things going for him. I think their head coach or his head coach at Avon Old Farms, John Hooley, uh, who I've interviewed previously. You can find uh, that interview under under Benedict's uh, profile. I think that's going to help Penn State. He has a very good relationship with Penn State staff. He actually helped scout for Penn State during the pandemic. Uh, you know, he was he was still up there, not really down here in State College, uh, but he did help um, in some sort of uh, a role with scouting down the road. So there is a good relationship with the staff. I think that's going to have a big hand. Penn State moving forward. Uh, he's talking about going to Michigan and Notre Dame this weekend. Let's see if he makes it. Obviously, uh, with him not being with his family, it's basically on 
uh, Huli and his staff at Avon to get him around to all these schools. And that's not easy. Uh, obviously, the coaches are trying to do everything they can. Uh, but, you know, these are these are high school coaches. They have lives and stuff, too. So it's just not easy to coordinate everything. Uh, he, he told me that he will take an official visit to Penn State. We know that will be in mid-June. He has another one set for Duke as well. Uh, but this really lines up well for Penn State. And he would certainly be, uh, I think, he is Penn State's best uh, best chance at landing a five-star player. He's, he's right outside a five-star range right now. Uh, obviously, uh, there's, what, six, seven months to go until uh, those ratings will be sorted out. So let's see where he ends up uh, in the long run. But if Penn State's going to land a five-star, I think Benedict Ume is their best opportunity. And I left this conversation this weekend thinking uh, if Penn State's not the favorite, they're absolutely top three. Long way to go still. I think he's going to get some more visits. He's going to probably end up taking all five official visits, I would think, uh, just because of how hard it's been for him to travel. But, uh, yeah, Penn State really uh, set the bar high this weekend. He was also on campus overnight, too, stayed until Sunday. I thought that was big, getting around some of the players as well. Uh, I've got to get to the chat quickly because, uh, Ryan, you have an offer here if you want to go down to the Woodlands and watch Keandre Barker. Ryan, who gave us some of the info er, earlier on one of the videos, says, come down to the Woodlands, we'll host you. So if you're heading out on a trip uh, out okay. to Texas. You got Ryan in your corner and Steven here uh, in the chat donating, as he always does. Thank you, Steven, for the, the super chat. If you want to get in the conversation, um, we can absolutely uh, take your questions. we got a couple here more to get to. Feels like Pennsylvania pool of recruits is up in quality recently. Fitz, do, do you agree with, with that, that the quality of PA is higher than it has been? Or is this a, a feel-good vibe from Steven? Um, I think there's, there's a little bit of both. I mean, it's going to go in waves you know, all the time. There's going to be years when it's really good. Uh, there's going to be years when it's, when it's bad. I think this is a very solid class. I think there's a lot. It, it's very interesting. You, you mentioned earlier about um, Brewers ranking in Pennsylvania. 24-7 has them at number eight. We have them at number 18. We both have them as an 88, and we have similar to almost exactly the same rating scale. So that's interesting mm -hmm. to me. Uh, I know Doan, very conservative there um, in terms of, of ranking kids, at least this early. Um, so it's it's interesting to see how that has sort of come about. Penn State's been more uh, generous with its offers in state. So I think that that's a tough way to maybe decide or, or mm -hmm. judge the Pennsylvania talent. There's a lot of guys in Pennsylvania with Penn State offers that, that aren't going to come to Penn State because they don't have the opportunity to. So um, I know that doesn't make any sense when you put that out on paper, but that's kind of how it is. So I think it's I think it's a good solid year. Um, obviously, Quentin Martin up at the top. Uh, you know, Penn State's got Cooper Cousins already, so they've done a nice job. Rico Scott committed to Alabama over the weekend. Pretty good player from Bishop McDevitt. So um, yeah, there's see that coming. I did not see Sorry. that one coming myself. No, you're, coming. You're, you're, you were not alone uh, <laughs> on all sides from that. You were not alone. So uh, interesting to see that one. Good for Rico because I know he's been he's been angling yeah. at that one for a while now. Um, so it's, uh, it's been, it's been a good year in Pennsylvania. They're going to continue to, to drop that. I'm going to pull the, the rankings up. So if, if, uh, T Frank can fill about, Sean, I have it up. Okay. I have it up already. I mean, I can, oh, I can man, fill it. I mean, you. so the one thing I would say right now, Penn, Pennsylvania has about 15 top 500 players. If you go back to last year, it finished about eight or nine. So of course, you know, just this, this, this class has to play out still, of course. And I would think that that probably drops a little bit, maybe down in the 12 or so range. But uh, if you do compare it to last year, looking at top 500, which is high three stars and up, uh, it is a little bit of a better year. But then if you go back, of course, to 2022, 2021, they all finished kind of similar, 12 to 15 uh, top 500 players. And of course, Sean, you remember uh, 
what was it, 2019, 2020. Remember, Philly was kind of down. That's when those, uh, you know, the, the the talk of Penn State and Philadelphia kind of rose up. But that was because Philadelphia was kind of down at the time as well. So it's just, right. it like as Sean said, it's it's a wave, man. You had 2020, 2021, eh, not, not quite as high. Uh, things jumped up there the last couple of years. Last year, uh, certainly top heavy last year. There was some really good top heavy talent, but not as deep. And then this year, again, you have the Quinton Martins. You have, uh, you know, a couple other four-star guys. Uh, but again, it's it's pretty deep when you look at high three stars and up. Yeah, and if you look at the top, I mean, obviously Quentin Martin, Tysier Denmark, still a guy that Penn State's in on and trying to get back to campus, and Cousins, and then Haywood. And I think there's probably a line right after Kevin Haywood. Although Malachi Williams, Malachi, pretty good player, yeah, like he's he's probably one of those guys that I would I would bump up a little higher. Um, and then you go down. There's a lot of like. 88s, if you will, not to use that as a descriptor, but like high three-star kids, good size, good athleticism, but maybe just not, you're just lacking in, in certain areas. So um, it's uh, it, it's a good, deep group, um, but maybe it's not like the 10 to 12 Pennsylvania, Penn State quality kids in, the, in that uh, in that general area. So we got One another thing, question here. Fact, let me add real quick, sure. add, just with Malachi sure. Williams real quick. Um, you know, we have them, Sean, of course, you know, that we have them as top 200 at on three. Uh, 24-7 has him a high three-star still. ESPN doesn't have him rated. I think once that gets sorted out, you're going to see you're going to see Williams in that top five, no doubt. All right. Yeah, and by the I'll way, you want to check this out uh, on 3.com in the player database. You can look up Malachi Williams. You can see all the stuff we're showing you here on the screen. So great question, Stephen. Got a, a good a good long conversation out of the Pennsylvania recruiting situation. I want to throw it to the next question here in the chat, and that comes from Kevin. Um, we'll be talking about the blue-white game on Wednesday on our BWI live show that we focus on the team, but I want to make sure we got a shout-out to him because he gave us a, a Super Chat donation. Appreciate that as well. Don't think Drew Aller will face better secondary all season than he did on Saturday. Lots of like about this defense. Iron sharpens iron. Guys, I don't know if it was the secondary that we were coming away with or going like, wow, that's a really good unit when we were looking at what Drew Aller was facing. Um, just to cut, just round the horn quickly, uh, Fitz, y- your thoughts on on the defensive performance and who you thought stood out. Yeah, a couple of the guys that we highlighted late in spring camp, Denied in a Sutton, KJ Winston, uh, dudes on the white team, on the backup. I, mean, I hate to say backup. It's a negative connotation. But on the second team defense there, they were all over the place. So I'm excited to see those guys. Like I said, I tweeted out the other day, if those guys are backup, this defense is going to be okay. Um, and I agree with you. Uh, the secondary is going to be as good as he'll face all season. Um, but yeah, you're right. The pass rush was like, he's got to, he's got to figure out that first wave before he can get to the secondary. So yeah. we'll see what happens. I mean, you feel good about that defense. We, I was thinking about this this morning. We do all this hand wringing about defensive tackle and like, there's probably two or three spots on offense where you're, you know, you, you're, you've got concerns, you know, not maybe not concerns, but you have conversation about quarterback yeah. needs to get better. Receiver needs to get better. Uh, offensive line always needs to get better. Tight end depth, all that kind of stuff. So um, it, it's funny that the standard is so high on defense that that glaring or the, the issue that they're having a defensive tackle where they're fine. They're not great, but they're fine is such a glaring issue yeah. because the secondary is so great. You think the defensive ends are going to be great. The linebackers, you know, have back what they're coming back. So that's, that's just a funny like juxtaposition of how different it is, how different the expectations are for the defense and the offense. But I roundabout way, short answer to your question. Yeah. That, that secondary is pretty freaking good. Yeah, the, the defense made the offensive issues, I think, magnified more significantly. Ryan, um, just we didn't get your thoughts. We had kind of our conversation after the game. Did you catch anything? Do you want to add anything to this? No. 
I didn't watch anything. And it's not because I didn't want to. I mean, obviously, I would have loved to watch. I mean, there's 140 recruits on campus. Uh, obviously, we I'm cutting photos. Uh, we had 20-plus players uh, reacting to the game within an hour or two after the game. I mean, that's what I'm doing the whole time. I'm, I'm texting with people. I'm trying to figure out uh, who's going to commit here after the game uh, while I'm driving home. I just – I wish I could tell you more. And unfortunately, I mean, obviously I love watching college football, right? That's why we get into this. But uh, really for every Penn State home game, man, I, I never really get to watch a whole lot of the game. I spend most of the first half. And obviously if it gets to be a good game and, you know, it's 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 the whiteout or whatever, I'm, I'm focused in there in the second half. But uh, this week, man, I saw like four plays max. And that game flew by, and that was awesome. It did. I really appreciated yes. the, the pitch yes. clock there that they've uh, instituted. <laughs> um, it was uh, it was a good time. It was it was fun, and I'm glad that the weather cleared up for it. But uh, yeah, the the fast game never hurt anybody, and and they got out injury free. <laughs> so that's a re- really yes. knock on wood all you can ask for. Hey, Kevin, by the way, if you want to get more thoughts about the blue-white game, uh, bluewhiteillustrated.com on the Lions Den message forum. I watched the film yesterday. I put up some of my thoughts in a thread. If you sign up now. Uh, you can go get those thoughts for just 10 bucks, and we can have a conversation there as well. Of course, uh, I'll be breaking down the film for in a proper article uh, sometime this week. We got so many things in recruiting to get to, uh, including William Satterwhite. I, we got him and, and a couple other players to wrap up here before we get to the transfer portal. So, uh, Ryan, what is the main takeaway from these last guys that we need to get to in terms of uncommitted guys that you, you kind of <coughs> caught up with? I mean, I'll go with Nigel Smith just because that's who okay. I interviewed. Sean interviewed uh, William Satterwhite. Uh, the big thing with Nigel, I mean, I think Penn State has certainly been surging there. I expect Penn State to get one of his five official visits. I expect that to be in June. Uh, he's going to announce the date when he's ready. I'll let him do that. That's that's uh, you know, it's his story, his his announcement. Uh, but I do expect him to be back here in June. Uh, I would say Penn State really pushed hard. Uh, I want to say negative recruiting, but I mean, he, he, he made it very clear that they are not going to let him go to Texas A&M or Ohio state. He told me that he told Sam Spiegelman that, uh, that certainly seemed to be something they, uh, they pushed really hard on him as, as something that's, uh, you know, they're, they're going to go all out in this recruitment. Uh, he, you know, he's listed at six four two sixty. He told me Penn state's recruiting him as a defensive end. That certainly grabbed my attention. Cause I had him more as a potential interior guy. Now, again, uh, four years in a high school or in a college program already at 260 pounds. Let's see. Uh, but he said he, he's already talked to them about trimming weight if, if he were to come here. Uh, so that, that grabbed my attention as well. But uh, this is certainly a guy that Penn state is trending upwards with. Uh, this was a guy that when he visited previously, I think it was for, yeah, we went through this the other day. It was through a game at the end of last season. I said, oh, Penn state will probably crack his top 10. You know, there'll be a fringe top five team. Just look at his offer list. You know, this isn't really one that, uh, especially with Penn State kind of getting in later than other schools that Penn State usually wins out. Uh, right now, man, they are certainly uh, going to be top five in my eyes. But again, you got Ohio State in there. You got Oklahoma in there. You got A&M, uh, a few other top premier programs. Not going to be easy to land. But uh, the fact that he's going to get back for an official visit certainly uh, suggests good things moving forward. Last thing I'll say, he's the first recruit to bring up to me that he plans to take more than five official visits now, which, of course, that was released last week. Uh, that changes July 1. Uh, so you could only mm-hmm. do uh, a handful in June. But if you want to continue to take more official visits during the season, uh, guys are going to be doing that. So it's going to be very interesting to watch. I feel bad for uh, the recruiting staff, we'll say, up at Penn State, who has to keep all their guys committed uh, because now schools all across the country during the season are going to say, hey, uh, I know you're committed, but man, college game day is coming to town this week. Come on over. Uh, we'll host you for an official visit. So that'll be interesting to watch. And uh, yeah, go ahead. Let's talk about William Satterwhite. 
If it's uh, you touched on him a couple times, so is there anything you want to wrap up with uh, with Satterwhite and and your thoughts there? Yeah, I, I think it's just one of those situations where he, he got a lot thrown at him very quickly with that southern swing. And uh, like I said, the, the the slowdown offers are there. Georgia, Alabama, you know that that they do this thing. You know that's how that that's how it works. Clemson's in a little bit of a different ballpark, and Clemson does not offer everybody. They, you know, they've they've taken a lot of guys. They've taken a handful of guys that, you know, frankly, Ryan and I have been surprised they've taken, and some have panned out, some have not. But at the same time, like they haven't offered a ton of guys, and so keep it to a hundred or so offers per class, and that's a valuable offer. And like we could talk about throwing those things out like candy, like Penn State does, and other schools do it. Even Alabama does it to some certain extent. Um, but Clemson offers still mean something. It's one of the few schools I think it still means something. So um, I think that one got him to think, and he'll probably step back and take official visits and things like that. So um, it, it was interesting because it's um, you're coming out of the weekend. You had some guys that you expected to maybe pop, and those guys didn't pop, but you had some guys that you didn't expect to pop that, that turned around. Um, so that's just what makes Blue White, Blue White Weekend uh, really interesting. It's also interesting to follow and like understand what you're following, like – it's not a situation where all these commits come out on Saturday. You know, this is something there's sometimes a slow burn. Sometimes that's on purpose. Sometimes not. Um, I think what did Harbor say his birthday is Tuesday or something like that. Um, that, you know, mm-hmm. they, they, these guys might have their own dates and things like that. So I, I think that there's, you know, uh, I, I, I don't want to say that there's reason to be disappointed, but it's just, it wasn't what we were expecting. The, the outcome is good. Like the, the outcome is good. They're going to benefit from this for a long time, but you don't have Haywood on camp or you, or you don't have Haywood on the commit list. You don't have Satterwhite. It just looks a little bit different. So um, still very, very productive weekend, very good weekend for Penn state that will continue to benefit them this week and beyond. Um, but it was just an interesting, just cause it didn't go how we thought it would and go how we, how we wrote it. It, it might go. Um, it's just a different way to look at it. So we'll keep you up to date on all that stuff. And if there are any breaking news items in the next couple of days great time once again to subscribe to blue white illustrated on youtube hit notifications so that when the video uh comes up you can be one of the first people to watch it and get the information um and again bluewhiteillustrated.com i'm a broken record let's get to the transfer portal because that's uh, the next part of this the transfer portal already has claimed one player from the nittany lions jimmy chris goes into the portal shortly after the blue white game um james franklin outlined their plan for this offseason and Fitz, I'm going to come back to you on this because I want you to clear something up. He talked about going after a receiver in the portal wanting a true six deep. Is that referring to Dante Cephas, who was on campus, or does that mean they're looking for another player in the portal beyond what they've already gotten with Malik McLean and Dante Cephas? Is that something? There was a little bit of ambiguity there from, and I, I wasn't even quite sure what he was specifically saying there. I believe they're going to like exhaust every option possible. And that if that means offering more receivers, I can see that. Um, Matt Zenitz wrote something the other day um, on, on, on three that was essentially pointed to Penn state still going after another receiver. Now Dante Cephas is still set to come in in May and they have high hopes with that, what that's going to be. But if you're in this window where you think you need a receiver, I would not be shocked if they go out. And, and, and here's the other thing, like this is a 15 day window. So, you're going to see offers and you're going to see offers to guys. And then you're not going to see Penn state mentioned again. Like I, I think I, I framed it as shoot first aim later. Like that's kind of where they're at with this. Cause you have, you have this short window and a lot of schools are just going to be th- throwing offers and, and it could be a situation where it plays out further. You can take official visits in the summer or after they wrap up graduation in May and things like that. But 
I think that that's very interesting that that they're going to keep going. And James was pretty on the nose in that if you are a good enough player, he will take a chance on you. I'm not sure how they're going to make it work with the numbers. We still got some some expected attrition to to go. Jimmy Chris hit the portal yesterday; that was expected. I mean, Ryan was on top of that one last week. Um, so there's um, there's a lot to um, play out here from a scholarship perspective. But at the same time, I would not write it off. I mean, they they were talking about this. Um, and the name escapes me right now. Uh, Gary Bryant, maybe the, the USC receiver. They were going to bring him in for an official visit for the Blue White game. Now this is before they got Cephas. I mean, this is like Stubblefield era type thing. So they were still talking about bringing in two to three. Malik McLean, we saw on Saturday, maybe he's not ready to make that jump to uh, to being a regular in the rotation. So go out if you can find a guy that can come in right away and make an impact. I think I think there's varying stages here when you talk about the portal. Um, if you look for an offensive lineman, find find a guy that can help you in 2024 and beyond. Uh, at corner, same way, find a guy that can help you in 2024 and beyond. Some other positions like wide receiver, maybe you need a guy to come in right away. I mean that that that's the reality of the situation. That's what's that kind of what makes the portal good in the sense that you can patch holes and then you can figure that out. I know that they offered uh, a couple of offensive linemen last night. Emmanuel Pregnon. I don't know that I'm saying that. Right. <laughs> Good um, job, Sean. Good job. Sure French. I was going to send it to one of you guys, uh, but Zenitz wrote about him yesterday from Wyoming. Um, it's it's going to be a situation where you see a bunch of guys that uh, you know go into the portal and everybody flocks to them right away. We're going to see what happens. We saw this with um, uh, Rhode Island uh, Johnny Cornelius. Um, he came. Mm-hmm. He went to the portal. A bunch of schools went after him, and then all of a sudden he ends up at Oregon, where I think Ohio State was involved. Texas was, you know, a bunch of those really, really top schools. Not that Oregon's not a top school, but a bunch of those other schools were involved, and then you know, kind of made their way. Saw it with Tank Booker, um, the defensive tackle from Maryland, who went to the portal, visited Ohio State, visited a bunch of schools, ended up at Arkansas. I think he visited Texas A&M as well. No, again, no disrespect to where he ended up, but it's a different level than than what he was looking at. So yep. the portal is fickle in that manner, in that uh, you know. There's going to be schools that that throw out offers like Andy Penn State may be one of them. They did that with receiver, um, where they offered guys and then not not say they didn't follow up, but they weren't in the mix in the in the long run there. So I could see that happening because this 15 day window is so short and so frantic. You want to be one one of the ones that make the uh, make the first impression. Also, another offer claim last night, Jaden Muskrat, which I had to verify was a real name. Um, he was. He, he said he was offered by Penn State as well. So I think you're going to see a handful of um, a handful or more offers at different positions, even ones that you don't think necessarily make sense at this point. Uh, this has been the off season for names in the portal that have been just phenomenal. <laughs> so Jaden tight end in the portal, like that have gone other places. Amazing names, absolutely amazing names. <laughs> Uh, Ryan, how do you see this playing out? Is there anything you want to add to the, the portal discussion? Because it is very fascinating. And and maybe as a side question, does tackle bump up on that need, um, you know, with Chris moving to the portal? But, you know, just the general situation there, do you think that has kind of creeped up towards the uh, maybe a top three need in the portal? Certainly seems like they're interested, right? I mean, uh, one thing I'll say about Emmanuel, uh, who's at, I believe it was Wyoming, Sean, I think is where, where he's yes. at. Uh, he's already got 16 offers in, what, uh, a little over, a little under 48 hours now. Tennessee uh, offered after Penn State last night. Uh, Auburn, Old Miss, UCLA, got Oregon. Uh, he's got a bunch of quality schools, so I'll be curious to see how that plays out. Uh, one thing I'll say, uh, with Chris gone, they are at 86, I believe, uh, projected right now, so that'll – I would still think that a f- couple guys have to end up leaving. So that let's see how that plays out. Uh, and then defensive tackle. 
Are they gonna they're gonna pursue a defensive tackle if somebody pops up? I mean, at the yes. end of the day, it's about quality. Yes, right. Yes, they definitely will. It's, uh, it's about quality. <laughs> it's about quality, and it's about who 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 uh, emerges, and uh, you know who, who they're able to do, uh, get on campus, and all those kind of things like that. So, uh, I think there's a lot of ways it can play out: wide receiver, O line, defensive line. Uh, as Andy Frank told us before in uh, one of the recruiting days, I mean, they're always going to look for uh, offensive line and defensive line and quality guys that can come in and at least provide uh, like second string depth or something like that. So. Uh, be very curious to see how it plays out, but yeah, they, they have uh, projected 86 right now, so I don't think we're done seeing guys leave. Now, I will say, are they are there one or two walk-ons being projected into that? There might be a couple guys who have a have a scholarship right now, but maybe not in the fall. So they'll figure it out. They always do. Uh, I'm not going to pretend uh, to know the numbers and know the projections as well as those guys do. So we'll keep uh, an eye on all that stuff. Well, these guys will keep an eye on all that stuff, and I will uh, be following up shortly. Learning from them, just like you guys, about what goes on in the portal, recruiting, and otherwise. I'm Thomas Frank Carr, Sean Fitz, Ryan Snyder, once again, an excellent show from the both of you. And uh, we'll be back, hopefully, with a better camera next week. Uh, what One of the downsides of taking your entire studio to Beaver Stadium is that some critical equipment, like, you know, your battery charger, you leave in, in, in the press box. So hopefully we'll be mm. getting that back before the next show. <laughs> Uh, any last thoughts? Right, Fitz, did you have something, Fitz? It looked like you were yeah. going to say something. Yeah, Ryan here in the chat said, isn't Satterwhite committing tomorrow? So unless something happened between yesterday and today, no, when I talked to him, no, um, that's uh, Donovan Harbor is set to announce. Another guard um, that's on Penn State's board is set to announce tomorrow. So it's uh, a little little different. He's uh, the Wisconsin kid. Satterwhite's the Ohio kid. So that's probably just a mistaken identity there. So, but uh, no, that's... Yeah. That's where I know Ryan put in an RPM the other night. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, go back and check that out. Um, Penn State, uh, again, you know, plowing the uh, the fertile recruiting fields of Wisconsin for the first time. So that's uh, an interesting uh, an interesting subplot in the class of 2024. I, I, I like the other guy just quickly. The guy I really like is Sexton. He moves so well. I know you talked about Lane Johnson making that joke on one of the previous shows of a former a quarterback playing – offensive line stuck with me so it definitely was uh so we'll we'll keep all that up to date i, I we could go on even longer talking Look, I got about one thing. wisconsin linemen okay ryan what's up uh if you check the site in about an hour uh you might want to check out where garrett sexton ranks because that's about to change it's gonna be very positive i'll leave it at oh, that ooh. oh new rankings today yeah we got a heads up. working on it now yeah, I so, love I love no, the I, professional tease at the end of the show, Ryan. Job. <laughs> but I do have a pick in for Donovan Harbor. Uh, obviously, he's just here on campus this weekend. Things look really well there unless something changes here over the next 24 hours. It should be good. I will say his teammate, Corey Smith, uh, I think he very interested in committing. I think from what I heard, uh, family wants him to maybe just take his time a little bit. But Penn State certainly seems to be the favorite there so we'll see how things play out but uh looks good man it's gonna be a good weekend or excuse me a good couple weeks here come uh coming up they're gonna get a couple more guys and then june's gonna come in and uh all hell's gonna break loose <laughs> so take your vacation in may is what i'm hearing that is the uh that's the the rest of the show today the bwi live recruiting show i'm thomas Francar, ryan snyder sean fitz again subscribe like rate review give us uh, a high five and a pat on the back all that stuff is super helpful we'll be back with more breaking news, what it happens, and the BWI live show on Wednesday, where we talk about the blue-white game and our thoughts coming out of that. We'll be back then.